0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why it Matters. Let's look at global economic problems, things like volatility in commodity prices and supply chain disruptions. All this are impacting consumer confidence. However, Southeast Asia is showing resilience. The region is expected to come out of this relatively better than its global peers thanks to its long-term structural factors, uh, growing working population, rising household incomes and more indicate the vast potential of this promising region, right? So not only that, but according to an upcoming study conducted by Meta & Bain & Company, Southeast Asia is leading in the adoption of new Technologies and is expected to maintain projected growth in the face of global headwinds so how can a business be part of Southeast Asia's digital revolution let's find out more from Connie Kwok who is expert partner for Bain and company Connie good morning good morning thanks for having me thanks so much for helping me out with this uh, which is the report titled the SYNC Southeast Asia could you tell us a little bit more about this study for starters Sure.
1: So this study is a collaboration between Meta and Bain and & Company. It's actually the fifth year that we've conducted this survey and what we're doing here is to better understand Southeast Asia digital consumers, uh, what their spending habits are, what their purchase journey is, what their motivations are and generally what they're doing digitally and online. As I said, it's the fifth year we've conducted this survey and uh, what we did was survey over 15,500 consumers across various age groups, income levels and genders across the six major Southeast Asian countries to understand where they are and where the market is moving today.
0: Must be quite interesting when you're looking at consumer behavior. What were some of the highlights for you? What stood out?
1: um first of all i think the fact that southeast asia remains a really big opportunity and that the fact that the opportunity outweighs the growing uncertainty is a big finding for us uh, as you mentioned before, the world is really grappling with rising inflation and some strong headwinds across the world. But what we're seeing is that Southeast Asia is expected to be relatively less impacted. And the long term outlook remains really robust, as you said, uh, some very strong demographic factors, but also what we're calling the China dividend. I think mm. we do think that Southeast Asia is improving and seeing a lot of investment in this area. So we're still feeling very positive for this
0: area i remember a time where I, I would ask around or argue around like why is it in china they have adopted tech so quickly whereas here we're a bit slow and then i realized you know th- the distance between an automated telemachine uh is so large so, so they need the tech that has obviously trickled down to this part of the region i mean let's not even talk about the shopping we enjoy online
1: Indeed. We do see that Southeast Asian companies are taking a lot of inspiration from China. But at the same time, I think the Southeast Asian consumer is a little bit different at the Mm -hmm. same time. We are continuing to embrace uh, the omni-channel and the integrated shopping experience. Uh, And we do see that online is especially important in the pre-purchase journey as well as the post-purchase journey. But what we also see is especially Singaporeans, we still love going to the shopping mall. Uh, The offline, area is still really critical especially when people are about to purchase Mm -hmm. there are some categories where the look and feel and touch Mm -hmm. of that category is still really
0: important with this sort of confidence and this sort of uh, let's call it activity and i'm going to try to phrase this the best i can would it be naive to think that the rising inflation or even the geopolitical headlines doesn't really affect us here
1: we definitely see some impact into Southeast okay. Asia, especially on the inflation side. Uh, and what we're actually seeing in 2022 is that the digital spending did slow down a little bit. Mm. Uh, and that's made partly due to inflation, but also due to some of the supply chain issues that we're seeing worldwide. And we do see consumers just pulling back a little this year. However, uh, we do see the growth prospects in the long term still to be really healthy. By the end of this year, digital consumers will hit over 370 million people, which accounts for 82% of the total population in Southeast Asia. And we do see the growth in online spending to be very healthy at around 17 percent growth year on year to 2027 so we do see this as more of a speed bump this year
0: okay if we were to talk about the singaporean consumer how would you describe as? are we a bunch perhaps is a bit experimental willing to look for value perhaps
1: yeah certainly A few things that we saw in the study, first of all, Singaporeans are definitely not particularly loyal consumers, especially (laughs) online. Uh, What we saw in uh, 2022 was that the number of platforms that Singaporeans are using – nearly doubled uh, from 8 in 2021 to 15 and that what we mean by platforms it includes e-commerce players such as Lazada, Shopee, Amazon mm-hmm. that we're all very familiar with but people are starting to also experiment with uh, social media platforms but also second-hand channels as well so Facebook Marketplace, TikTok, Carousel all becoming much more important in that journey. So definitely less loyal. We also see that shoppers are really expecting more from our e-commerce channels as well. Uh, we ask customers uh, how happy they are with the shopping channels that you're using. And uh, interestingly, in 2022, we saw a big drop in terms of satisfaction across all the markets, not only in Singapore. But Singapore consumers were definitely the most discerning.
0: Well, Connie, you've just described me entirely And we barely know each other My gosh
1: Uh, But
0: I have to confess something When you were talking about all of that I started to think What appeals to me most when I'm online When I want to shop, right? And it's this thing called videos You know, especially when they pop up on social medias Like uh, Instagram You could shop on Instagram now let's talk a little bit about this it's evolved so much over the years what is it about us that tends to take to videos and you know start shopping because of it highly influenced by it in that sense
1: yeah you're absolutely right Uh, what our survey found was that social media uh, especially when customers are discovering new products social media makes up half of that discovery today online and video makes up half of social media (laughs) Um, And I think it's the fact that people's attention spans is getting less, but also there's lots of different innovations in the video channel. Live streaming is particularly important, but also Mm. short-form video as well. So it's all allowing Singaporeans to find more new brands to discover, but also new ways of shopping as well.
0: It's also going to be easy, right? Like you see the video and it's just a click here to learn more, or click here to add to cart kind of thing. As you mentioned, our attention span isn't quite as what it used to be. Yeah, indeed, exactly. Connie, let's uh, talk a little bit about, you know, these alternative channels. How do you see it becoming a key part of the growth in Singapore's e-commerce usage? I mean, ultimately, we also have to be a more tech-savvy consumer, right?
1: Indeed. I think as we're evolving, some of these alternative channels are growing in importance. And as I said before, customers are just not very loyal anymore. Mm -hmm. So what we're recommending to many of our clients who talk to us is actually one of the things that we're seeing is that in this very turbulent um, marketplace, one thing brands and retailers need to do is actually potentially shift their attention from acquiring new customers to actually engaging their existing customers to make them more loyal. So thinking about what loyalty programs they should be driving for their customers and really getting to know them ruthlessly in terms of understanding what they really need And what are the best practices in improving that customer experience? I think that will become more and more important, especially as we know, customers are much more discerning nowadays.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that must be quite difficult when you constantly want to think about increasing market share. We expand outwards uh, and look at Southeast Asia as a whole. Um, How are we faring in terms of adopting these future technologies compared with Singapore? How's the rest of Southeast Asia doing?
1: Yeah, In our study, we also looked at other future technologies, including uh, fintech, education tech, and also the metaverse. Everyone's talking the metaverse Mm -hmm. right nowadays. What we're seeing is that Southeast Asia actually has higher penetration of these future technology compared to most markets such as China, the US, EU, and Japan. In particular, financial technology has around a 54% penetration amongst Southeast Asian digital customers already. And what we're also seeing is that 7 in 10 of our respondents also said they've already tried a metaverse-related tech in the wow. past year. I think customers are really willing to experiment, and I think it's also related to the fact that in Southeast Asia, we still have a relatively large unbanked population mm. and a lower degree of that legacy infrastructure, especially outside of Singapore. So it does allow the Southeast Asian economies to leapfrog a little bit and immediately adopt some of these nascent and innovative technologies.
0: What's stopping other places like the US and the EU from catching up? I mean, they did pretty well during the COVID season. I would imagine it's only because of inflation that that's kind of slowed down there. But why aren't they adopting these technologies faster?
1: I think one other point to to highlight is that I think Southeast Asian regulators have been relatively slower in setting up rules and regulations around these technologies. So what we're seeing is if you're investing in this area, a lot of the market players are using this window of opportunity to actually really experiment in Southeast Asia. Use these as tech markets and really understand what customers want and then maybe thinking about uh, expanding their customer base elsewhere later.
0: Mm -hmm. You talked about regulation, right? And just as a final point. This whole idea of buy now, pay later, obviously there are some issues with that, but does that help Southeast Asian consumers sort of leapfrog in terms of being able to make bigger ticket purchase items and will therefore contribute to shopping a lot more?
1: Yeah, I do think the uh, buy now, pay later, but not as a. It- just buy now, pay later, but e-wallets in general oh, right. is allowing the Southeast Asian digital consumers to actually participate in the digital economy, even though, as I said, mm-hmm. some of the legacy infrastructure like credit cards and debit cards are, are not available. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that does allow them to drive that adoption of those new
0: technologies. Yes, certainly. All right. I've been speaking with Connie Kwaku, is expert partner for Bain & Company. Connie, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.